0: Woo. Hey ooh ooh it and it and a due time on about you might you might have to wait a long time Welcome back to your such a catch You're in here, and here. <laughs> Present. <laughs> Not Aaron, Eron. <laughs> well, we survived Valentine's Day. Come on, it wasn't that bad, was it? Was it? <laughs> I don't know why, but Valentine's Day has never really bothered me that much. I mean, if you're newly coupled, then there's this like weird pressure to plan the perfect date, to get the resi. If you're the guy, you've got to like find the perfect flowers. And then you go on the dinner or the date and it seems to always be like a set menu. So if it's a restaurant, you know, you can't get what you want because they are not offering it that night. And then whatever you do order for some reason costs five times what it normally would the day before the day after. And then if your significant other doesn't get it just right, however you have it envisioned in your head, it spurs an unnecessary fight. <laughs> Right? Come on. So, I don't know. It's never really bothered me. And then if you're in a more established relationship, and this isn't like your first Valentine's Day rodeo, then you exchange a card or a gift at home. You probably elect to stay in. Maybe you order takeout, some good sushi, or one of those fun heart-shaped pizzas. But, you know, you just decide, like, let's go out on another night when it's not craziness. But... Yeah, so then if you're single, you can go down one of two paths, right? (laughs) You can either allow the commercial holiday to evoke these emotions of loneliness, sadness. Maybe you have feelings of not being worthy. Those start to kind of surface. Or you can say, fuck it. (laughs) It's just another day. You know you're a catch. You're just waiting for the right person to come in and swoop you up. So you make plans with other single people. You might even get your nails done, do a little self-care, you know, take a bath or whatnot. <laughs> I don't know. And then tomorrow's a new day. So I don't know, it d- didn't bother me that much, but I know some people it does. And I did not even think people like really blew up my feed. Maybe I wasn't paying attention to social media, but anyway, so for the last five weeks, we've been in the midst of the She Can Do It, the empowerment series. I have had the pleasure of having several guests on the show, all amazing. Aura Vasquez joined us. She's running for LA City Council. Sarah Centrella, she's a best-selling author. Catherine Solholt, who has become a great friend. She is a mommy and support system to those trying to expand their families, but having difficulty and sidebar on that, she has actually offered to go with me to freeze my eggs. So thank you, Catherine. I recognize the women who lost their lives aboard Kobe's helicopter. And lastly, last week on the show, I had Mary Whitney, who is a ray of sunshine. And her main mission in life is really to encourage people to use their strengths and their talent. I have just loved this series. I don't know about you, but I do feel empowered, and I loved showcasing these badass women who are showing up for themselves, they're showing up for others, and they showed up for me to basically share their story with you, and I think that's powerful. So this week, I had intended to have a guest on, but she had a scheduling snafu, and that happens. I get it. We're all busy, and things come up. But I thought to myself, uh, this week of all weeks, right, was a tough one. So I had a minor surgery. So I was out of work and commission kind of for a day or so. Um, I travel this week. My parents are also coming to visit this week. They land and I say hello, like, welcome to my humble abode, the Aaron Airbnb. And then I'm literally going to catch a lift and head off to Vegas for work. So it's been just kind of a crazy week and I thought to myself, do I just skip this week? Do I just let you guys know that this week kind of fell apart, the plan fell apart and you know we'd be back on schedule next week. But you know there's only a few weeks of this series left and even though I was discouraged to not have a guest on the show, I don't want to let you down. I want to deliver for you for my faithful listeners. And then I started to wonder, because I'm, you know, in this midst of seeking out what the universe is trying to tell me, I'm on this journey. And if you've been listening, you know that. So I started to ponder if there was maybe some underlying meaning behind this cancellation. So here's what I came up with. I thought to myself, hmm, maybe the universe is telling me that there is a different message that it was supposed to be shared this week. And then it came to me. I think I know what that message is. But oh my gosh, I'm dreading <laughs> sharing it, you know? Like, isn't that funny when something is like heavy on your heart, it's just kind of weighing on you and you know you kind of need to get it off your chest or you've wanted to get it off your chest, but yet you know, all these different feelings, right, come into play, fear, fear, you know, just being vulnerable, other people's judgment, how they perceive what you're about to say. And I think in this situation, I've always known, like it's always been on my heart as something I could share. It's a personal experience that could potentially help someone else who's dealing with a similar situation, but it's uncomfortable and it's not easy to discuss. Plus, I don't want to live in the past. (laughs) I do not want to be defined by what's happened to me. I want to be whole. I want to be healed. I want to be unbroken. I want to be ready for what's next. I want to literally be living in the present. But being that, my guest did cancel. Here we are. We're in the midst of an empowerment series And I am looking for meaning from the universe, a higher power, whatever. I think what I want to convey in this episode and the fact that I'm sitting down and doing this and the takeaway that I want you to have, you know, there's a couple takeaways. Okay. So the first one I think is you are stronger than you think you are. And I believe that without a shadow of a doubt, we never know until we're tested And then you can just surprise yourself at how you handle a situation or how you grow from it or how you find the silver lining in the midst of muddy waters, right? And the second one is kind of what I mentioned. Your past does not define you. Now, we all go through life making choices. Sometimes we make good choices. (laughs) Sometimes we make questionable decisions. And sometimes we allow ourselves to be in situations that we know we shouldn't be in, but for whatever reason, beyond our comprehension, we find ourselves there, and maybe now we're dealing with those repercussions. And then we become essentially a product of those decisions. I'm sure everybody can think to themselves right now, like a moment in time or something that you wish you could turn back the clock on, make a different choice, make a different decision. That's why the saying exists, right? Hindsight is always 2020. And although I like to live my life and say I don't regret anything, because I really don't, I mean... I wouldn't be the person who I am today if these things wouldn't have happened. So, you know, you've you've heard my story about my divorce, and you've heard how, you know, for a while I was allowing that to define me, and I felt like I was a failure. And, you know, it it just took some working through. It took some rolling up my sleeves, a little elbow grease to really understand that no, it's just a part of my journey. It's just a part of my story. It is a chapter of my life that is now closed and I'm moving forward from. I I learned the lessons that I was intended during that chapter and now I'm on to the next one. So... This situation that I'm going to share today is a situation that I don't want to define me. I believe it used to. It used to keep me up at night. It used to haunt my dreams. It used to affect my thoughts and it controlled how I viewed the person that I saw when I looked in the mirror. Now, take note. (laughs) This happened 23 years ago. Yes, something that happened 23 years ago can still take me to a dark place. But I don't allow it to anymore, because as I mentioned, it no longer defines me. I've made that conscious decision. So whatever trauma, unfortunate circumstance you're allowing to impact your day to day, let it go as best as you can. Okay, now you know I'm procrastinating because I am (laughs) going off on all these little tangents. But I very rarely say these words aloud. They almost don't compute. (laughs) But because I want to empower others who may still harbor similar situations and just need support, I'm going to share them. So in high school, I had a really strict curfew. I had to be home by 10 p.m. while my friends and others were allowed to stay out till 12 or 1 in the morning. And I know my parents meant well, but in high school, as you know, you're concerned with your image. (laughs) You want to be cool. You want to fit in. And so I worked around this rule, which never seemed to serve my benefit. I would come home at 10. I would pretend to get ready for bed only to then sneak out my window minutes later. You know, back then it was before texting, right? So I had one of those phones. I don't know if you remember this for all the millennial listeners. They've never even (laughs) seen one of these phones, but it, it was one of those cool phones where you could like see the wiring on the inside. It was a clear phone. And we had pagers. So I used to page my friends and whether they could drive or not. I mean, sometimes their moms would come and pick me up. But um, so I've kind of two standout situations in my brain of choices I wish I would have made differently during that moment in time. But you know, when you're young, you have FOMO at its finest and like I mentioned, you want to be, you want to fit in. You want to feel like you're a part of something. And I felt like I was always missing out. So if you can imagine, yeah, nothing good is going to happen right after 10 PM, which is why my parents wanted me home in bed. (laughs) So, and you know, it wasn't probably the best scenario either because they thought I was home sleeping and safe and, and secure in their household. And here I am gallivanting all around town with you know, whomever or whatever was going on that weekend. So I'd often find myself at a party with friends. And on this particular night that I am sharing, I don't remember much else other than what I was wearing and getting dropped off. I think one of my friend's moms dropped us off and it was a house party. The rest really becomes a blur. And I understand why... Dr. Christine Blassie Ford had difficulty remembering what happened to her 36 years ago because I do too. (laughs) And she has a PhD in psychology, so she can like really speak to what the brain does when a trauma like this occurs, whereas I can't. So all I know is, you know, that I repressed it and no matter how hard I try Or even if I wanted to try to kind of recollect, you know, the events and how things unfolded, my brain won't allow me to. So I was a victim of a sexual assault. I didn't say anything to anyone at first. I allowed it to eat me up inside. And I asked myself over and over and over again, why me? I always thought that this particular person could have had any girl he wanted. He was popular, he was an athlete, he was good looking. So I didn't understand why he chose me. And that bothered me so much. And I never really knew why I was the one. I searched for meaning behind that. But what I will say is whether you believe in God, a higher power, or whatnot, there's meaning in the events that occur in our lives. And from there, I believe it's what we choose to do with them, right? So I learned after I started to talk about this that I wasn't alone. There were so many other women who had experienced some form of sexual assault or abuse in their life. I mean, some people we look up to to this day, some people who are prolific figures, who are celebrities, I mean, Oprah Winfrey, Lady Gaga, Lucy Hale, Amy Schumer, to just name a few, you know, they all experience some sort of sexual assault or trauma that has impacted their lives. So I spent a decade waiting for this person to apologize. I wanted him to feel bad about what he did. I wanted him to acknowledge it. I wanted him to look me in the eye and just say, Aaron, I'm sorry. But that never happened. During my stint at Point Loma Nazarene University, where, you know, in hindsight, I think I was attempting to correct my past behavior, I was overly correcting things, right? So I went from Partying in high school and living this kind of like rebellious life even though I was a straight A student and in student government and on sports teams and that type of thing, but I was partaking in this kind of rebellious behavior. I then flip-flopped and went to a private college where you weren't allowed to drink. And, you know, a lot of people I felt maybe hadn't had the same upbringing or experience that I had had. But I was trying to cope and I was trying to make sense of this event that I was allowing to affect my future. And during this time, as I'm like figuring this all out and it's in the back of my mind, he committed suicide. So this brought on a whole other slew of emotions and feelings because I knew that apology, that apology that I was like waiting on, that for some reason I felt like I was owed, would never come to fruition because you know, he was gone. And then this other thing happened. So then you had this outpouring of people in my friend's circle, my peers that I grew up with, essentially the whole town mourning his loss. So his face was now shoved into my face on my social media. People were sending me newspaper clippings and, you know, I was reading memories and people were recollecting their fond memories with him and, and these good times that we shared. And All the while, it was making me remember, you know, my last memory of him. That's vague, but obviously painful. And I didn't want that to be brought to the surface, but there it was. So, you know, fast forward several years have now passed since he took his life. And I learned that rather than wanting an apology from him... I really needed to seek an apology from myself. And I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but sometimes that is just a hard thing to do. It is just a hard thing to to do because, you know, we are probably our own worst critics. We're probably, you know, hardest on ourselves. And sometimes we don't have compassion for who we are and the things that we've gone through. So I needed to forgive whatever myth I had believed had occurred and and why this happened to me. So I did the hard work. I sought therapy and healing and I literally put forth the effort that I needed to get to the place I am today where I can actually open up and share that story with you. But I also understand if you're a victim of sexual assault, maybe you're not there yet and that's okay. And maybe you can't even see a light at the end of the tunnel of you getting there where you can cope every day, where you don't have triggers, where, you know, you can look at yourself in the mirror and, really like who you see again and that's okay i give you my love my support my empathy but maybe just maybe this week my guest was supposed to cancel and maybe she was supposed to cancel so that i could be challenged to share my story this story of mine and maybe so that you could be encouraged that there is hope and there is light at the end of the tunnel So I'll leave you with this. I am not defined by my past. I am not defined by what happened to me. I am whole. I am healed. And I am unbroken. If you don't feel that way about yourself, reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. I would love to support you and help you in your journey. You can email me at erin at youresuchacatch.com. Or you can DM me at YourSuchACatch on all social media platforms but I am here for you. And if you need a little encouragement, you know one of the ways in which I kind of help myself get out of a funk or overcome something is doing something nice for somebody else. So if you have the opportunity and you can recognize a boss babe in your life, maybe someone who just needs a gentle reminder that she's badass, hop on over to my website, you're such a catch, and check out the Empowerment Pin Collection. I'm starting to see the posts with people rocking their pins and I am absolutely loving it. Please, once you have your pin, tag me. I will repost. (laughs) And assuming everything works out for the last two weeks of the She Can Do It, the empowerment series, I will be hosting a dating expert in LA and also an attraction and relationship coach. So yes looking forward to both of those chats. You won't want to miss them. I know I don't want to miss them. I'm going to be taking notes. (laughs) So anyways, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate your continued support and just for being on this journey with me. I couldn't do it without you. Love you guys.